0: listening to
1: the cleveland guardians fancast hosted by quincy wheeler and friends a podcast about the cleveland professional baseball team and its fans
0: see with the guardians fancast, and i have alex today from 216 baseball podcast alex how you doing
1: i'm doing really good i'm excited to be back i think this is the third or fourth time so hey, i feel special about that but the guardians party line now is uh you know an every week thing so i'm uh i'm just joe schmoe when i can get on <laughs> i had to try and get this into your busy schedule i had to beg basically i had to slip him right. a 10. <laughs>
0: No. Uh yeah. One of these days I'm gonna have to like introduce some of the the podcast regulars into the uh Guardians Party line just to see what chaos erupts. And wow. I'm sure that I'm sure that would be fun with you for sure. Uh but yeah, yeah, it's it's been a it's been a fun season and fun to hear uh you and Paul doing what you guys do, which is great. Thanks. Although I wonder if uh you guys might just have to not do a podcast until the team starts having trouble again because you took the week- you know You took the weekend off and didn't do a podcast and they've turned it around so yeah know how i know superstition goes yeah i know we might
1: not have to and there's people that would probably be happy about that and honestly <laughs> i don't really blame them it can be a lot but uh <laughs> Yeah no we I I have to call you on something you said that it's you know been a good season. And if you're talking about like our podcast then that's very kind. If you're talking about the Guardians then I think you're crazy because well, it has yes. not been a good yeah it has not been a good season except I, for this weekend. I was weekend. talking
0: about your podcast oh, specifically. Okay. Yes. But uh, you no, said that man. I was
1: like I don't know man. We we talk almost daily on Twitter and uh, that does not align with how we feel. No,
0: I mean, no, nobody, I don't think anybody in the right mind would say it's a good Guardian season. I, I don't even think, I don't think even one Avery one would say it's a good Guardian <laughs> season. I, I don't think so.
1: thought about no. the other day how Meisel roasted him. I, I tweeted that out, but it's just <laughs> so funny to me. Just he really, that was like the greatest day when he made a joke about one Avery one. I was like, oh, he is one of us. Meisel's the
0: best. <laughs> There's a, he definitely is. There's a guy and and i love the guy on twitter he's there's so many mics and guardians twitter that i want to try to get this right but i i think that he might say that it's been a great season cuz he just absolutely believes that they're going to figure it out no matter what and and i'll do respect to him for that but that that might be the only person that i'm aware of um, yeah, there's
1: a point where it's like, uh, even the positivity. It we were down bad the last three weeks. <laughs> more than yeah. that, almost. I mean, it's been bad.
0: Yeah, Mike yeah. Mike Clev one. That's the one. I don't. Which, I don't
1: recognize that. that yeah, Twitter handle. I just, but... just want to
0: make sure I shouted him out. He he's he is he's a great guy, but he he just always has the rose colored glasses on, even more than I do. Which I know I get accused of that a lot. Well, okay, so let's let's talk a little bit about what's going on with this season. Um, You know, I I guess one of the things that's commonly said, and I think you guys, I know you guys have talked about a little bit, is that 2022 looks like maybe it was uh, towards a top percentile out percentile outcome for this team and this season so far is more of the lower percentile outcome so far. Um, I agree. Yeah. So I, I, mean. I think I think that makes sense. I know part of what I was what I was just going to say about that too is that uh, I think part of the reason it's tough this year, even in comparison with last year, because I know their records were similar at the same amount of time, is that last year just it was different on how they got there. Because last year the pitching kind of struggled at the beginning, and you were like, "All right, that'll probably come around," and mm-hmm. they had a lot of bad luck, which they've had some this year, but this year it's really been almost all about just an offense that's absolutely inept you know Mm -hmm. so that that's been and losing to a lot of bad teams you wonder about how they'll make that up later on so i don't know what you think about all that yeah
1: i mean i think routinely i would just say that it feels like um i don't know how you could argue that last year was basically the 99th percentile outcome i mean you know, you and I are numbers people. A lot of people that listen to this are. And I think if you could run a simulation 100 times, I th- I bet you easily less than 10 times we win 90-plus games. I don't know how you could argue otherwise, personally. I You know, it was the 99th percentile outcome. And that's great. And and we thought we'd take a step forward, but we kind of knew we would regress. And But I think when people say that, you know, that last year we were about the same. But when you watch enough baseball, you get the feel of it, right? Where, I mean, we can look at the stats. The offense is putrid. But last year, you know, sometimes you just lose games and and you're mad. That's baseball. It's bad luck. You know, you flip the coin. You know, you're going to win 50 and lose 50, you know, some of those games. And sometimes you lose them disproportionately we have lost games that we've deserved to lose period like we just have stunk and so that's the difference where last year Jose was also had like 74 RBI by like the end of June like (laughs) you know what I mean he had like what two grand slams I think in the first 45 days or something I mean Oscar Mercado had a grand, and he and you know a lot of that was strange but it felt like we I mean Jose was on a tear he was going nuts and you lost some, but it was like, ah, that's baseball. You know, that'll shake out. You felt like the team was still moving in a direction where now it's like, where are we going? Like we're we're in the deep end just just paddling as hard as we can. <laughs> and that's that's the difference, I think, regardless of record.
0: How much does your feeling change given the Angels series? Does your feeling about the team have a significant change after that series?
1: Yes absolutely do i think that everything's fixed no um and i'm hoping they'll follow it all follow it up you know strong but i think and this is something as non-baseball players right we're not in the clubhouse but you you watch enough baseball where it just feels like you you just need someone to do what naylor did just to get the vibes right to get the guys believing in themselves and 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 let's give credit to ahmed too you know i'm i'm tough on him but when he goes, the offense goes, and when it doesn't, that's like this huge—you know—it's like a, a a cog in the machine that really holds the whole machine up at times. Not that other people have been doing their job, but when it goes, it's like, wow, look at us go! We're putting up these runs and and being productive on the bases, and Quantin can get aggressive, and you know the get them on, get them over, get them in, and it's just like the Guardians—you know—bloop machine goes burr once again, and and that's how we win baseball games. So. I'm hoping it's just a, like one of those things where you just kind of shake your hands and get all the bad vibes out, and it's like, okay, this is who we are. Look at these crazy wins that we got done. It took Naylor putting the team on his back. Let's turn the page and just get there. We'll wait and see. They'll probably break my heart, but, I mean, if they don't do it after this, I think I'm going to be completely out on that. Not completely out. I don't want to be a, a doomsday, but I'm. my expectations for the season are going to, I think, be permanently etched in I don't see this team getting anywhere if this doesn't spark something in the next 10 days, you know, to, to, to see if we go right back to where we were. I just don't think it's the year. I'm going to be honest.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think everything you've said is, is fair. I, I, you know, I appreciate that Zach Meisel, as we talked about that, he's been very clear that the team should be saying, how can we win a world series this year? And in, mm-hmm. in Chris Antonetti's defense, I notice every time somebody talks to him, he will always say our goal is to win a world series. He doesn't say like our goal is to win a division. Our goal is to be competitive. He says we want to win a world series in Cleveland. So that's Which, good. what else is he going to say? About well, it? yeah, true. But I do think that there are ways he is super good at couching things. I do think there mm-hmm. are ways that he could couch it where he doesn't put himself as much on a limb. But again, anybody can say anything that should be the goal. And there are a couple of things that I don't think, I don't think this team's capable of winning a world series. If Josh Bell only hits singles, yeah. which is pretty much all he's doing when he gets or takes a walk, he hits a single or takes a walk. They need Josh Bell to hit doubles and homers. That's got to change. Uh, and then also they're not going to win a world series. If Andres Jimenez is only hitting singles and getting hit by pitches. Uh, those two guys are the guys that I look at right now and say, that's got to turn around. I think, you know, I think that Jose will be okay. I think that he'll find a little more power as he gets just used to the new thumb ligament situation. Uh-huh. You know, I just think that makes sense physiologically wise, you know, uh, and Quan's fine. And and Naylor obviously is showing <laughs> that he's a little bit of a demigod as far as you know, getting it, getting a hit when it counts. Uh, I don't, I don't know that I've ever seen anything like this past weekend. Like, as we discussed, he's just a different sort of creature. (laughs) He can go
1: to a... I always... My tagline for him is he can go to a place that most of us can't go to when he (laughs) needs to. And it's a place that scares me in the best way of, like, the man has a gear or a switch that he can flip that... I I mean, truly, that separates people. That, like, it's not statistical anomaly. I, I just... I think he can just go to somewhere and I I don't he can't be there all the time. It'd be really scary. I don't think he wants to go there, but when he needs to, he just, and I loved his reactions. It was ice cold. He knows he's a bad man. And that sometimes (laughs) is better than the freak out when you're just, he just hits it and just watches it. Like get off my bat ball. And he's just staring at it. Like the, the ball disgusted him. Like what else? And I'm just like, Oh my gosh, what just happened?
0: uh, Again, it's one of those moments where like, uh, obviously Tom Hilton, he gets into this like boomer mode that annoys the heck out of me. Sometimes with his little commentary on games and stuff, but um, that moment is why I want him to announce Guardians games forever because his 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 uh, vocal inflection, it just aimed it it just hit it perfectly when he hit yeah. gone because it was like a little bit of the voice crack, a little yeah he like, like
1: screamed a little bit it was like a yeah, fan yelling what, I heard what it.
0: I would describe the emotion as slight panic. that that is what it felt like when he hit that third home run it's like what reality am i living in right now this isn't correct like there's something wrong with the world i
1: lost it i was watching it and just like in my head i was thinking man could you imagine if he got a big base hit here i mean it didn't even really filter through my mind of he's gonna do it again and as soon as he hit it i like jumped off the bed and uh, i was making the bed or something and i like jumped over it and i was like no and like threw my hands up, I'm like there's no way <laughs> i was like holy crap and then my wife is down there like is everything
0: okay and i'm like yes he did it again <laughs>
1: like, <laughs> this is and unbelievable should, she should. thought something was wrong i scared her <laughs> he,
0: he's he's making me doubt my of course nor- nerd perspective that clutch doesn't exist because uh, I think it, it might exist for Josh Naylor. He might actually be clutch, which I didn't know that anybody actually was, but he may actually be. So I hope so. I hope it continues. Um, all right. So let's let's think about what it's going to take for the rest of the season to turn out how we want. And I'll start out with a, a big thing. Well, okay. I'll, I'll I'll give you two pretty, I'd say, fairly hot takes that I think need to happen.
1: Um, We're going to agree on one of them because there's no way it's not something we've discussed. Well, I don't know.
0: There are other things. There are other things that, that we've discussed that I may not choose as my top two. Okay. So I'll I'll go with, I'll go with this one. I think probably most people would agree with. They need to do something about uh, adding some slugging to the team. They need to focus on probably a right-handed hitter who can hit lefties pretty well because, Even though the numbers look similar, them right-handers versus left-handers this year because they've been bad all around, I think we all know they've got some issues versus left-handed pitching, especially if Jose is struggling against left-handers, which he has for a good stretch now. Um, So I think prioritizing getting some sort of right-handed slugger that can help you out in in a corner outfield spot preferably is something they should do. And I really think that at this point, they have to deal from the strength of starting pitching. Yes, middle infielders throw some middle infielders at the problem, but the most valuable resource in baseball is young starting pitching. And it's what the Guardians have. You can never have too much of it. I will not complain about them having too much young starting pitching because it can all disappear in a blink of an eye. But I think they're at the point where they have to – use some of that collateral to fix this problem with the roster because there's nothing coming up that's gonna solve that problem. Maybe on Kinsey Nawal goes crazy, but uh you can't count on that. Yeah. No,
1: I mean I I agree. I think at the end of the day, um like we've talked about before, is you know, you, you trade from a place of strength because one thing I don't believe in this organization to do at all, not to be too blunt on, you know, a, a pretty positive podcast, but uh, I mean, I just think just calling it a spade a spade is we don't develop power hitters. We have no track record of that. We have no, that's not our forte. You know what we do though? We take anybody, Joe Schmo, and we turn him into a really strong starting pitcher. I believe in us. I don't want to get rid of any of the, you know, the big three pitching prospects, but if we got rid of Gavin Williams and it would hurt because I think he's going to be incredible, or Tanner Bybee or Logan Allen, I promise you the next one's like two years away. Like they're just going to make it happen. I believe in that. I have no, I have no belief whatsoever that they're going to, you know, build the next, you know, Brian Reynolds or, or uh, you know, JD Martinez or, or just whoever, you know, just sluggers that we kind of looked at. I, I don't believe that's going to happen, and I hope they, you know, that I'm wrong, but. I, again, for the last, what decade, more than that, more than a decade, we've just printed, you know, make starting pitchers in the pitching lab. Even the national broadcast give us, uh, you know, our, our respect most of the time on that. So that tells you people that only get a little sheet and know nothing about our team and pretend they do know that, yeah, we're really well respected. So I agree. I think it's time, you know, good trade. I work in sales, like good Deals hurt sometimes if it wasn't, it's probably not worth getting, you know, when you stretch a little more than you want to, but also you can just sit there all day on your hands and then you'll never make a deal in your life. And I I think that at this point, it's fair to criticize the front office at times who do an incredible job and make wine out of water. And I'll always say that, but they're not willing to kind of do the extra thing that hurts. And then, I mean, Arias, isn't that impressive. I mean, Tyler Freeman is more impressive to me now, and he's rotting away, and I mean, is going to be amazing, but all these people, uh, uh, you know, you hold your cards too long and the, the prospect value rots. Look what happened to Nolan, Nolan Jones. You know, we got rid of him for a bag of potato chips and a diet, you know, Mountain Dew, which what's his name will be awesome for us you know i love him but i don't know it's just it feels like the the window is closing and everything's withering away where we had all this capital and then now it's like guys are getting at bats they're not getting you know super hot they're not you know setting the world on fire where you can trade a hot hand and teams won't make over reactionary um trades just because, you know, a prospect come up and hit well for, you know, hundred you know twenty games, but it doesn't hurt versus having like a 70 WRC plus. <laughs> it, it, which one's better? You know, when you go to try to trade from somebody that's projected to have a good ceiling and shows some of it in the majors, I don't know. I'm all over the place. It's just frustrating. I just feel like we've let this capital wither away to where now it basically is only our starting pitching capital. I don't think we have a whole lot that people care about outside of that.
0: No, yeah, I think you're right uh, about the frustrating level of it. I imagine that the front office is probably frustrated that they haven't been able to find fits for a variety of different trades, whether we'd say, oh, they should have gone over the top. I do think that they've pursued trades. I don't doubt that. Like, I don't think that in some of these cases, they've just said, oh, we finished second, just to say we finished second, which is obviously a PR move that they can do. But I do think they've legitimately tried to improve the team in a variety of ways. And as you pointed out, some of them, we should be glad they didn't manage to do, you know, from acquiring Jesse Winker to Jacob Stallings. (laughs) Jacob Stallings.
1: I was, I will, I will egg on my face. You know, I thought he was the man off of, oh man, (laughs) don't, don't go look at the, I am glad. That's why they knew stuff I didn't. It is really bad. It's not like, wow, that would have been a bust. It's like, wow, this guy is not even a major league starting catcher, bad. So, but yeah. don't go, don't go look at Murphy or Olson. You're just going to ruin your day. <laughs> right, the guys right, that you kind of yeah. knew what you were getting.
0: John Murphy over the top trade would have been nice, but yeah, I think that's kind of what they need to do. Okay, my second take, which I don't think will surprise anyone who's who's pay attention to what I said. They they really need to. Uh, work on moving Quan to being the starting center fielder, unless they're going to acquire a center fielder, which I don't really see them doing that. But uh, Quan needs to be the starting center fielder. Miles Straw needs to be the defensive replacement. Gets starts, you know, two or three times a week. And other than that, defensive replacement, uh, pinch runner extraordinaire, like, Jar- like Gerard Dyson was for the Kansas City Royals in 2014-2017. Uh, they need to do that because I just don't think they can win a World Series with the roster as it currently is constructed, running Quan and Straw out there together every day. I mean, especially right now when you have nothing from right field as well. But even assuming that you add someone, whether it's Valera or an outsider or both, um, that you—I just, I just don't think you can do both Quan and Straw in the daily lineup.
1: Yeah, this is the one that I said I figured we'd agree on because we've discussed it, and I was on. You and I were both kind of on it, but I started whispering this to you last year. Well, everybody didn't really like straw, but I brought this up. What probably August of last year, and I was just saying like I I don't think it's really there. I just think, and I love him. I'm a huge. His defense is just unbelievable to watch. I like him so much, but I don't. I think on a serious team. He gets 300, you know, basically the article you wrote, he gets three to 400 at-bats a year or plate appearances and starts every second, third day. Give, You know, he's fine to be in there. He's not going to kill us, but you can't run a 70, 75 WRC plus bat out there for 650, you know, uh, 650 plate appearances, whatever he's going to get. The defense is important so bring him in sixth, seventh inning and on, like almost every night. That's fine. Do it. Like literally every night, that's cool. Or every other night, uh, pinch run whatever it is, he will be valuable. He'll put up almost two war, which, you know, we look at the market value and the extension is still going to be worthwhile. I'm upset with Brennan because I was a big Brennan believer and, you know, that he was hot to trot to start and now he just looks lost and I don't know, man. I don't, I thought he would, you know, with more time, it would save stuff. But we're down bad. We're down so bad right now. There's, I don't know. I don't know where the solution comes from, Quincy. It's truly an acquisition. I, I just don't see internally. I feel like we have two problems now. It was better when we just thought we had one problem. Now I feel like we have two.
0: Yeah. And it's like, and and I do, I do believe in George Valera, especially like he. I think George Valera will at least be a strong side of the platoon outfielder for a major league baseball team. I wonder if he's going to hit left-handers, which of course is a problem we have all around the roster, but I do think that he will hit right-handed pitching in the major leagues. And he started off well, but I don't think you can count on him to be healthy. And I don't know how long it'll take for him to be ready to come up to the major leagues. So And again, I'm not completely out on Oscar Gonzalez. So maybe you have like a Valera Gonzalez platoon in in right field. Can Gonzalez stay sharp, not playing every day is another question I have. Yeah, I, I do think that's why it comes back to you need to try to see if you can cash in some of the starting pitching that you have young starting pitching that you have for a guy who's got some real slugging ability to play in right field. All right, well, what do you have as far as something that you think about this future of this team?
1: Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll be quick because we hit pretty much my, my strong points. I think, oh, let's see. Um, yeah, <laughs> there's I, – I think Bo needs to come up probably soon. I don't know. Um, I'm not all the way out on Zanino, but there is a point with Bo where it's like, we're not really gonna go backwards. That's kind of where we're at. You know, the defense, it's not like where Hedges was just defensive God, top to bottom in every sense of defense, game calling, blocking everything. It's like Zanino's a great framer. Um, He's above average. Above average statistically, but you know oh, yeah. he's, he's really good. He's stealing strikes. Uh, he did just, he catch he just yesterday? Looks,
0: and he looks better. Yeah, yeah. He stole. Yeah, he great stole strikes. Strikes. a oh, lot of strikes yesterday. That's, that's the thing. Like I know that framing metrics are out there. I know I shouldn't just touch uh, catch. Uh, I mean, trust my eyes. But he looks great framing wise. Like mm-hmm. it looks, looks Hedges close to Hedges level, not at Hedges level, because Hedges just makes everything so smooth. But Zanino looks like he kind of reaches that at some points.
1: But I mean, defensively... Everything else is terrible. <laughs> yeah, I don't think you're going to really feel it too much. And the kid's got to learn eventually. And he's got, what, over 900 OPS? So I'm, I'm on the, like, I'm cool to take our time with Bo train. But it's one of those things that just kind of looking in the face, like, what are we holding out for again now? Mm-hmm. I mean, what, what's really going to change? So I think that I also think this is a hot take that I've never spit into the universe yet. Uh, except for mm-hmm. in the depths of Twitter DMs of, you know, I... I do wonder if this might be the last year for Tito, if that makes sense. And this is coming from someone that would die for Tito. I love him, Hall of Fame manager. I think he – that team last year doesn't get near where they were without him. But I just – you know, any time – your efficacy – after managing for what 10 or le- is this 11th year this year 10th 11th season is going to dwindle a little bit he's getting up there in age you have a super young core and baseball's not all analytics if it was um i you know it'd be kind of boring that's why it's not played on paper even if we are kind of baseball nerds but i just i wonder if this team runs at its most optimal kind of you know output at times based on the old old school manager stuff and he does stuff that you can't quantify that's what he does best and i don't if he's around for the next three years i won't complain but it just seems like every year it just drops off a little bit more there's a few more things to get frustrated about and i don't know i don't even really like saying it because i love him so much (laughs) I, I i know it might sound crazy but i just i wonder if it might soon be time to if he's not the person to bring this team You know, if we truly are around 500 or don't even get into the playoffs, then I think it's probably, it won't be his fault. I'm not, I don't want to pin it on him, but then I think that might be a good sign of like, okay, we didn't take that step forward for him to kind of see the next young wave, right? Why, after winning 93 games, why would he want to retire? You know, now that his health, you know, thank God is, is, is in a good place. But if we're, if we miss the playoffs, then I don't know, it's kind of like, maybe it's just time to hand the keys over.
0: Yeah, you do wish you knew what the plan was for the replacement. I'm in general agreement with you. The thing that I wonder about, I, I just, I wish I could understand the exact relationship between the front office and Tito, and like how that works, because I feel like there are some things that he does that they can't like. Like we know the Cleveland front office are about as far towards the analytical end as any front office can be in baseball. You know, you got probably Cleveland, the Rays. That have always been up there. The A's used to be, <laughs> I don't know what they're doing right now, just trying to move to Vegas. But those yeah. those three organizations were always like the the analytical of all analytical organizations. So I feel like there's zero percent chance that Antonetti and Chernoff can be fine with Tito saying to guys, Oh, if you want to sack Bunt, go ahead, you know. Andre Simenez, go ahead, don't swing the bat, just give them a free out. Like they cannot be thrilled by that. Yeah. S- uh, dive in the
1: head head first in the you know right. first base and you know break your neck after we gave you a hundred and six <laughs> and a half million or whatever the number is. yeah, it's fine, God when he said when he <laughs> flat out admitted that he hasn't told him to stop it's just that that was the turning point for me when he <laughs> flat out admitted it, that's where I was like, all right, like. It's that meme, you know, where it's like the the person with their mom, their elderly mom with the walker and they say something they're like, all right, let's get you let's get you to bed. That's that was the moment for me <laughs> where I'm like, I think I'm out, but it's like, okay. I,
0: I had somebody I forget, I think it was yesterday that that said that the reason is because these are athletes, not children. they're they're adults, they're professional adults, not children. And I was like, yes, you would think they could make adult decisions then, but they're not. So that's when you have to step in and say, hey, here's what the numbers say. Stop giving the team free outs unless I mm-hmm. tell you to do it in specific circumstances. And like I said the other day, I, I don't think I said this on the podcast, but it truly reminds me so much. I, and I know you and I follow the NFL you know, fairly, at, at least a little on the periphery. But in the NFL, everybody complains. For all these years, people have complained about coaches that are into analytics going for it on fourth down from near midfield. And now almost everyone is doing it because Mm -hmm. it doesn't make sense the vast majority of the time to give your opponent a a chance at getting the ball back to do them a favor. It's the exact same thing with sacrifice bunts. There are times where you should punt from your opponent's 47 yard line, but they're very rare, you know? And it just, it's just so clear that I just don't understand like how I, I would love to understand the dynamics that make it impossible for the front office to come down to Tito and say, look, here are the numbers. You, you've got to tell these guys to stop. And, and another example would be like James Karencheck's fastball. They could be like, hey, Tito, you know, he's lost 50% of the spin on his fastball, so he's not the pitcher that he has been. We've got to maybe work him into some different situations and not have him be doing the high leverage stuff right now they either don't have those conversations or Tito maybe lets it one, get it in one year and out the other. I don't know. It's, it's just, when they tell him uh, that I just
1: picture him, you know, cut to him with his hands late. You know how he like interlocks them over his belly and he just goes, oh, okay. <laughs> Karacheck, check high leverage. I need you kid. Can you go today? Yeah. Uh, we're trying to, <laughs> we're trying to get you to the most appearances at baseball. <laughs> like as, one of those
0: <laughs> as Mike, as Mike from the Gar- guardians party line said the other day, I, I think, I think Alyssa was like, oh, dang, Karen Check's going to pitch today. And Mike was like, is it a day that ends with why?
1: <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah. Yes. But yeah. Shout out shout out to him for the joke about love is a baton field. I still <laughs> think about that. Every time I see his name, shout out to you, man. Mike is very on that. So, so funny the crap he comes up with. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I don't know. I mean, I believe in this team. I love Tito. I don't want to get it that wrong. I've never spoken that out, but I just think it's time. I think there's enough that it's fair. And um, it's just, man, it just feels like digging your heels in for no reason. And, and that's different from this is a, a management style trust to like, just doing it almost to just despite that's what it feels like. And, and that's, I can't really get behind that. That's just getting painful,
0: but I, I want to, I know we've, we've gone a little bit longer than usual, but I think something struck me. I was listening to the pregame yesterday and something struck me about what it is that I think they value so much about Tito, which you, you've indicated he does those intangible things, but Tito was talking to hammy about velocity Uh, for pitchers and different guys being a little down in velocity. And he said, I just try to think of what I hear Carl tell, the Carl Willis tell pitchers all the time, which is throw what you can command. And I thought about how like profound that statement is. Like, I'm sure that Carl Willis gets all kinds of analytical readouts and understands that stuff. But I think that Carl Willis's main job when he goes to the mound is to bring that super comforting presence that he has. Like if you ever hear him talk, he just seems like, you know, everything's going to be okay. Cause Carl Willis is, is talking to me right now in his little yeah. frog froggy voice. Like he's, he's just going to make everything. Okay. I think that's probably what Tito does that. Like to, to a, maybe a bigger sense that like when players hear from Tito, when they know that Tito's in charge, they just know that everything's going to be Okay that he's not going to panic, that he's going to figure things out, that he's going to trust them to find their way through it. If Tito believes in me, then I must be a pretty good ball player.
1: Yeah. So
0: I, I do think that the probably the front office is going to hang on to that kind of value as long as they can. But it would be interesting to see if you could get some of that to develop with somebody who is a little more in touch with the numbers.
1: Yeah, I think that is that is a good way to kind of sum it up is he's just steady. He's the, the rock, you know, that's by the giant boulder seaside that will be there for the next 200. Like he, that is, which I don't know. I couldn't really find the right way to say it. That sounded dope. But you know what I mean? He is just, he will be there till the end of time in unwavering. Tito teams never get too high. They never get too low. And, you know, Paul always says that and he always and we both always say that, you know, they get better with time. It's like it's just fine wine. It just ages and they get better and better. And there's got to be something where there's so many teams that panic and they do all these crazy moves, <coughs> Cardinals, um, and other <laughs> things like you know, just stuff that just shows you that the house, the foundation is shaking. You never think that for a second, even if it, it makes us so angry. You know, Tito is that that presence that isn't going anywhere that you know is just has got to keep everything just if you know you look to your leader when times are bad or or you don't know what you're doing and if that person's fine right then you're like like he said okay you know i'm cool why would i freak out if he's not freaking out so yeah man i just want us to be good
0: (laughs) (laughs) i i think i think that they've got a good possibility of that i just try to hang on See the fact that you really don't know much about a team till memorial day so if 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 this past weekend series was the was the turning point by memorial day we're all gonna be like take that twins
1: yeah i hope
0: yeah so hopefully we're gonna see all right thanks for spending some time with me alex look forward to hearing your guys' stuff coming up anything you want to tell people about as far as the podcast the discord the patreon the (laughs) t-shirts the uh The uh, upcoming cruise that you've booked or? Yeah,
1: no, uh, no, I'm excited. Paul's actually going to come. Taylor's got a girl. My wife has a girl's trip. Uh, This weekend, So Paul's actually coming to uh, hang out and help uh, Thursday through Tuesday. So we're going to put, you know, get a bunch of content, I think, recorded and just be cool to see him. He lives in Virginia Beats and I live in Chicago, so we usually see each other once a year. But yeah, no, I mean, just check out our stuff. It's the adult version of kind of what we got here. Maybe a lot more yelling just so that, you know, everybody kind of knows both of us at this point. We're kind of one in the same. Uh, But yeah, no, I just happy to be on and, and see you. And, uh, and yeah, thanks for the support and man, we just got to get this team going. It's so much of our lives. It's, you it can't get us <laughs> down. I was down bad last week. So I don't
0: uh, it know. Was, it was rough. I, if things don't turn around, I'm going to have to do a whole week series, uh, reminding people of how to root for a bad baseball team, because you just have to change your perspective on some things and you'll find ways to enjoy it. Uh, But hopefully I don't have to do that. I won't break that out until I have
1: to. I don't want any moral victories. I want a
0: World Series. (laughs) I know. All right. Thank you. Thank you. This has been the
1: Cleveland Guardians Fancast. You can find us on any major podcast platform. Please remember to like, subscribe, download, rate, and review. Thank you for listening.